0: On this. Here we go again. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. We are your host, Nate.
1: John and Captain America. And
0: Captain America. Boys, on today's episode we are going to recap this past Saturday's UFC Fight Night, Derek Lewis versus Kyle Dawkins. We will also give you our thoughts on Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. Mm -hmm. Also this week, we will continue our all-time MMA teams, and this week is Canada. Canada. Then we will hit you guys with all the news and happenings this week. But first, boys, what is up? How are we doing this evening?
1: I'm not doing bad. I just got done seeing the new Spider-Man. So that was pretty awesome. Pretty amazing. Nice.
0: Um, If you guys can probably tell, we are uh, back to um, still on the Zoom. (laughs) The mixer, we didn't get a good diagnosis this week. Uh, We're going to have to ship it back. Um, We we do have the option of... um, Like we could try to buy another piece of equipment and return it, but like, it'd be like a couple hundred bucks at the cheapest. And like, that's going to tie money up until it comes back. And like we mentioned last week, when you spend $600 on a mixer, it's kind of a tough ask. So we're going to try to uh, ride this uh, Zoom cloud uh, as much as we can. Um, John, are you, are you figuring this out over there? What's going on?
2: I think I got something going so
0: this is this is not a good start to the
2: pod. No. John
0: John was completely out of that whole intro uh so people so go ahead and let the people know what's up.
2: Yeah, you know, we're just struggling through this, you know, we got our last fight of the year last night, so luckily, you know, we have that going for us, but yeah, we're going to make something shake. Yeah, it's yeah,
0: we're working on it, guys. Like I, like obviously this isn't ideal and, and we said it last week, but we always have to say it because people do find our podcast randomly. Um, so if this is your first time listening, this is not typical quality for us. Like I said, you could go back, listen to old episodes. Um, it's just our mixer broke, we can't help it. Things happen. We keep it moving though. Uh boys, it's Christmas week. We're T minus five days from when this episode's coming out. Um, how we feeling? Is the Christmas shopping done? What's the plans looking like for this week? 1st let's, let's start with this. I want to go around the table. We're not going to spend much time on this, but Brandon, yeah. is your Christmas shopping done? And I, our yeah. gifts, our gifts wrapped.
1: Yes, dude. Okay. So this is the first year I got stuff done like super early and like, okay. com- like we're completely done.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pretty nice. John, okay. John, are Christmas shopping done.
2: No, I got
1: um
0: <laughs> why am I not <laughs> shocked? Like why am I not shocked?
2: Well, I only have one more thing left. And I, I talked to you about it last night. I was thinking about getting something from my dad. I just have to figure out what Okay.
0: That that's you know. fair. I, I'm I'm laughing, but I literally I'm not done either. Um I guess I'm gonna dip like so like this week the fact that like obviously I'm not working, I have so much free time, I felt no pressure. Like
2: yeah. mm. every
0: day is a day I could go Christmas shopping. So um, I've got three more things to get super easy. Just kind of got to go pick them up type stuff, but everything else is done and wrapped. Is everything wrapped, John? Have you wrapped all your presents?
2: Um, No, because I have to pick one up Thursday.
0: John, if you were to gauge your wrapping skills um, of the Christmas presents, what would you mm. rate it? I just don't feel like it's going to be great.
2: I'm a, I'm a solid like <laughs> six and a half, seven. I like tedious stuff like that, but... If it's by choice, I just keep it in the bag and give it to you, and you can just unwrap the bag, doggy. <laughs> like you're saying, like you keep it in like the Meyer bag. I would, <laughs> but now it's like, oh, you gotta wrap presents, so whatever.
0: All right, I get it. I get it. Well, I just don't have as much faith in you. I, f- I figured you didn't wrap. Do you even? No, own I do. Ra- do you? Do you own a roll of wrapping paper?
2: Yeah, I got it all in here. But did granted you, I have.
0: Did you go buy it, or did your significant other go buy it?
2: Um, I bought last year. She bought this year. <laughs> He just so happened to be the one to run to the store. Mm. All right. I'm going to give John a break. He He's he's flustered. We're
0: going to give him a break. I, ha- I had to get on him because he he's really legitimately battling some technical difficulties. Yeah. right now. So I think, <laughs> I think it'll be good the
2: rest of the episode, but if he's I, in and out, don't be surprised. Yeah, don't
0: be surprised. We're just going to keep it moving, guys. I had we to ain't... plug
2: the headphones into the microphone. So we'll see how well this works. All right. Yeah, we'll see how that whatever. Moves. Hey, Overcoming can you hear yourself, doubt. though? Yeah.
0: See, like me and Brandon can't even hear ourselves. So. Yeah, that's kind of
2: cool yeah that is kind so. of
0: cool brandon speaking of i just said your name why don't you go ahead and let the people know what we ask them to do each and every week even when the quality's bad
1: even when the quality's bad please guys give us a listen and on all the different platforms so spotify apple Podcasts, and give us a like um subscribe to us on apple Podcasts. um Instagram as well. Twitter, um, you can follow us on all those platforms. You might even see some stuff on YouTube coming up, um, be on the lookout yeah, for that. So
0: that's right. I'll go. Ahead. And one more thing I, I want to mention, cause you said our Instagram, um, we're going to do one more episode, uh, this year. Um, and the goal is to still have it come out next week, hopefully next Monday and it's going to be our year end episode. Uh, we're going to kind of do like an award, uh style so we're gonna do like you know male fighter female fighter fight of the year like we got we're gonna come up with these different categories and that's gonna be like our last show of the year the hope is to record it this week and still have it out next monday um but with the holidays and stuff if something gets kind of fishy and we can't line up days because i am like i've like i have a christmas almost every day this week except for two so uh so the the plan is to get this figured out But if not, next week there will be an episode, could be Monday, Wednesday. But go to our Instagram at Neon Belly Podcast and we will keep everybody updated on that just in case it gets moved back. But I just, if there's not an episode Monday, I just don't want you guys to think that we're not going to do it. We do have one more episode, our award show. So, and if you're on
2: the IG, I hope you're enjoying the hit miss. We're coming up on our last week. So it's been pretty fun going, digging back into the archives and finding fun stuff.
0: I agree. I definitely agree. Well, boys, if neither of you have anything else, we're going to jump into this episode because we got a lot to get to. And we're going to kick it off last night, this past Saturday. I always say last night. I got to stop saying that. Uh, <laughs> this this past Saturday night, UFC fight night, the final UFC of the year, Derek Lewis in our main event, defeating Chris docus via round one knockout, 336 of round one. So did it pretty fast. And I say that because I thought we saw a more forward, more aggressive Derek Lewis than in his past fights. Um, you know, we've really seen him play on the outside, kind of wait for his big shot to land it. But I felt like this time we kind of saw Derek Lewis be the aggressor and uh, he kept docus on the outside um, and docus just couldn't find his way in. Um, and I rewatched the fight today and I, I, I felt like a little bit better about docus's performance uh, because like last night I was like, man, I just I feel like that's this isn't how you fight Derek Lewis and something's off. <laughs> But I feel like at the end of the day, when I watch it again, it it wasn't necessarily what Docus didn't do. It's just Derek Lewis did such a good job of keeping him on the outside and not letting him come in. Um, And then eventually, obviously found that ending um, finish that that final little flurry there. Uh, So what did Mm -hmm. you guys think of the main event overall?
1: Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, Lewis kind of went out there and, and did what he does, right? He went out there and, and really pushed the pace, and I was kind of surprised. And I, I know I said I think he does it in a few fights, but he threw that like spinning tornado kick and a couple high yeah. kicks. So through a roundhouse, know, that, that- I have. A- Go ahead. and Go ahead. No,
0: no. I was, he threw the right switch kick fit, too. Yeah. Well, that it mm-hmm. was that was a roundhouse right before that last combo. He threw a really nice one.
1: Yeah. Quick. So yeah. I, I mean, I know he got it done with the hands, and that's kind of kind of his mo. But I really have a feeling that Derek Lewis could let those kicks go and just be a bit more diverse. Sometimes he might be surprised, I guess, with some of the success he might have had even against like a gone or you know an Ingunu.
2: Um yeah. I wish I wish he he did a little more of that. But it was it was a great performance by him. He probably only has so many of those in him too. I mean. That's fair. <laughs> And, you know, you heard him talk about not wanting any more five rounds. And mm. so maybe that might've been his urgency too, where it's like, I don't want you to think you can take me to five rounds and circle away. I need to kind of hurt you and get you out of here or else you're going to put me in a bad spot with my cardio. But I agree. I think it's vintage Derek Lewis. And I think what Doc has learned is with these top heavyweights, you can't just get corralled and just think you're going to survive punches against the cage. Cause you're not, these guys will get one through and that'll be it for you. And for Derek Lewis, it puts him in a in an interesting spot because, you know, he a lot. Some people do want to see the the Francis fight get ran back and stuff like that. Um, obviously, it's a little bit different if Surreal wins, but I think uh, Derek Lewis did what he needed to do, and Chris Dawkins learned a good lesson.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think I, I see. I don't look so critically at do- like I said. I don't. I didn't really feel like Dawkins – I mean, I feel like he did a good job for what he could do, if that makes sense. Um, I, I thought he kind of started to go to the leg kicks, um, yeah. right, kind of midway through the round there. And he was having some really good success. And you could tell Derek Lewis didn't like it. And I kind of feel like maybe if they fought again, maybe if there was something to learn is – go to those earlier you know what i mean because they were looking good and they were he was seemed like Derek, and i feel like if you go back and watch it i feel like those leg kicks are kind of what got Derek lewis like all right it's time to try to really get this going because i think he kind of could see that hey if he starts kicking these legs like <laughs> i'm not staying up um yeah. you, you kind of mentioned you know the the rematch or with uh surreal or uh Ngannou or whatever but uh he mentioned stipe Um, And I think that's an amazing fight. I I love that fight Um, uh, for those two to kind of go in there, you know, winner could easily be number one contender. Um, Puts both of them right back in the title shot. Um, But no, I really love that fight. Um, But I do think the biggest thing too coming out of this uh, that I I don't want to get too far down the road without mentioning is Derek Lewis now holds the record for the most knockouts in UFC history with 13. Uh, And that's just like for a guy like him. I mean, you know, he's talked about it, even when he broke that record with the heavyweight. Uh, record mm-hmm. and he's just like man you know a guy like me to think that I would ever do something like that is crazier and just just couldn't happen to a cooler guy oh yeah
2: and he, he also called it out as being the first clean fighter mm-hmm. obviously throwing shots at Vitor um yeah. but also man, I mean he has so many fights in the UFC you kind of forget that too and you know his the people he's beat and knocked out is a, a who's who um very impressive and you know, if he can get a couple more big wins, he when we get to Team USA, he puts up a pretty good argument.
1: Yeah, he's one of those guys who, like you mentioned, to, to see somebody like him have that record it just kind of goes to show, you know, a lot of people who who have not a lot kind of growing up or where they come from can really, you know, if you really put your mind to something, you can kind of make something of it. Just between like him and Volkanovski, I feel like we've been kind of been hearing kind of quite a few of those cool stories lately. So just kind of another one to add to the books. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, sure. For sure. Um, And and one thing I wanted to ask you guys, because before this fight, I was talking to Jacob about this fight and we, and we got down this kind of really lengthy conversation about um, the, the the heavyweight division in general. Um, And like one thing that he had mentioned was how, you know, there was a 30 pound weight difference between Dacus and Derek Lewis. Um, mm-hmm. And you can't ignore that. Like you can't overlook that. Um, I think that that kind of plays and, and has played, you know, there's guys like Stipe that are a little lighter that have had success at the heavyweight division. Um, but it's hard to ignore that discrepancy in weight. Um, so I kind of want to ask you guys is, uh you know, do you think there, well, we'll start there. Do you think there's a need for a 225 pound division and then maybe up? Uh, because when you think about it, you go from 205 and then you go to 225 clear up to like 265. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. what do you guys think of that? Because I told you guys last night, um, it was just funny. Me and Jacob had this talk before the fight even happened, but um, docus to me looked like not so much in height, maybe length, but just mass, just sheer, like the human to human, he looks like a weight class smaller than Derek Lewis.
1: He definitely looks smaller. Um, So so to answer your question, I I would say, yes, I think, I think it, for the most part more weight classes is better so i think we definitely need more weight classes in between like your your 205 and 265 let's say you know i think i think really the only con just thinking about it ahead would potentially like the boxing kind of issue where there's you got guys can have so many different belts because guys could potentially jump around so many weight classes but at the same time i feel like that's that's a different type of problem and i'd rather have that one than the one yeah. we saw you know um saturday where docus just looked really kind of significantly smaller so i I would say yes in terms of more well and
0: even the damage right like you know there was even when docus was hitting lewis they just didn't really seem like it was doing much and docus is a guy that's just been knocking fools out lately you know Mm -hmm. and and up against a guy like lewis and then when lewis was making contact it was getting significant reactions out of docus every time
2: yeah it's interesting because you know we've watched the ufc do this thing where they go from being as big as you can to being you know, Junior and Kane, where you're smaller and quicker and better cardio and then back up to bulking up for Francis and Derek Lewis type. So you kind of see that. But I mean, adding would be interesting for like some of the guys who maybe struggle a little bit with 205. But if they hold on to the weight of heavyweight their you know, their skills don't translate. But I think you would take a lot of opportunity from, early. You take a lot of fighters from. That 225 and up, I think, when you get some people – because it's already light at heavyweight, so that makes it a little bit
0: – You know, I don't think there's a problem with that, though, and, and like, me and Jacob kind of both had points on this side because we, we agreed with each other, and, like – because, like, kind of what you said, I was like, imagine a guy like OSP, right, who – um, you know, he's kind of stuck between two divisions, you know, maybe 205 is a tough cut for him, but when he's been a heavyweight, you know, he hasn't, he's kind of a little bit too small for heavy. I mean, he's a big, Mm -hmm. same thing. He's a big guy. He looks like a heavyweight, but dude, when you've got somebody that's got 30, 40s, whatever pounds on you, that's significant. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. and even the night of the fight, I mean, Lewis, that 30 pounds could have been way more. I mean, who knows? Um, I, I don't know if Lewis cuts or, or what have you, um, but there is an interesting case. And like what Jacob said is like, I feel like when, once you get to those bigger sizes, like you just kind of want these like massive freaky freaks. Like imagine like, like Brock Lesnar, Shane Carwin, like guys we heard, they used to have to kind of kill themselves to get to two sixty five. Imagine if they didn't, like imagine yeah. if they didn't have to cut and they just were walking in at 300 pounds, just freaking Jack and Sylvia. Tim so yeah you know what I'm what I'm saying and then I think that also presents at 225 you know you're just going to have these freak athletes like these football player like you know LeBron James style frame guys or you know OSPs or whatever that they're not going to have to cut to 205 but they don't have to worry about going against a guy 30 pounds more than them and I think Mm -hmm. it could really present a lot of fights but I want to ask you guys if you were in the UFC and you had deciding power, and Dana White left it to you. And he said, "We're gonna open one. We're gonna open a new division. I'm not saying we're not gonna open more, but we're gonna open one more. And I'm leaving it up to you: a 165 or a 225. Which one would you guys add?
1: Ooh. Jeez, can I think about it? <laughs>
2: well, yeah, but you guys can't
0: both think about it. Right? has <laughs> gotta uh, say something. I'll jump
2: in. You know, that's that's really interesting. Um, just because we know. 55 is so tough, and 70s kind of been ran through, but there's still a lot of good fights there. Um, 205 is lacking a little bit outside of like the top 10. It's it's starting to build back up in heavyweight outside of the top, you know, six or seven. That's a little bit rough. So I would say, for the sake of um, just having a little bit more action up on the big guys, because I I kind of like the big guy fights a lot, a lot of finishes, and I like that thing. So I would say. 225 but i would not be mad either way
1: so i would say 225 because that's the area where there's the biggest gap right now from 205 to like yeah. 265 and i feel like I, while i think there should be a 65 want a, a 165 pound division there's still a lot of weight classes down there where guys can kind of jump and i feel like the need right. right now is definitely for those bigger guys so that's probably what i would say
0: i i totally agree with what both like i pretty much like combine what both you guys said because i also think how crazy the 225 division could end up being i mean you know somebody like a Steve he might cut the 20 pounds or what you know come down and then you know some of these guys that might move up like a jan Blahovich, uh you know osp then you got like your tom Aspinalls, your, your uh chris or yeah chris docus and you know maybe like a john jones doesn't have to spend two years just to get his body up to 260 to or 255 whatever he wants to get at to compete you know mm-hmm. i think I think at 225, you could legitimately have like some of the freakiest freak athletes in there just really going in there um, healthy, hydrated, and just ready to just kill each other. Glover to share. I mean, there's just like so many guys that I think are bigger mm-hmm. 205ers.
2: Pat Barry would have loved that.
0: Pat, there you go. Pat Barry it was would have way
2: it. too dude, short to do heavyweight.
0: Dude, at the time, Pat Barry could have been a two twenty five champ at that. So when like he was like running, you know what I mean? Like, dude, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, dude, such a such a, just a classic fight. Loved it at the end. He took his cup off, threw it in the crowd.
2: Said it'd be <laughs> <Right>. an NFT. <laughs> Said it'd
0: be an NFT, which I, I'm pretty sure that's not what NFTs are. Yeah. hey, whatever, man. <laughs> just throws his cup in the crowd. Uh, Derek Lewis, man, he's must see TV and. Um, it's kind of fitting just to end the year with a win from him and a first round knockout uh, nonetheless. So, mm-hmm. shout out to him. What a, what a finish. Um, Co main event boys, Bala Muhammad making it look easy, mm-hmm. defeating Steven Wonderboy Thompson via unanimous decision. I'm going to run through these scores 30 25, 30 26, and 30 26. I would have been okay with 30 25 across the board. Um, I felt like Bilal really dominated every aspect of this fight, did what he had to do uh, to win. Um, and despite some good opening strikes and takedown defenses from Wonder Boy in that first round, he really didn't offer much in this fight. Um, I, I think the first round was 10-9 Bilal. I think the other two rounds were 10-8 um, Bilal. Uh, what did you guys think overall?
1: I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah. yeah so that I wanted to ask. And so, so yes, um, I think the last two rounds were really de- like 10 eights for sure. Yeah. Um, that first round though, I, I want to ask you, cause I know we were talking about it a little bit last night. Did you, did you rewatch it? Yes. Yes, I did. So, so that first round, I want to say it was the last 30, 45 seconds. Did you get the sense that it was over? Because that's where I was at. I mean, after the first round, like I was like, this. I thought that was done with the last forty seconds. So, so
0: here's what I thought from from like from watching it. Because I know you said you thought maybe Wonder Boy like was thinking about tapping, correct? Yes,
1: it looked like he. Yeah. So
0: what I thought is Blaw had his. For people that maybe didn't watch it, he had his hooks in, had Wonder Boy completely flattened out for the most part, and was like just dropping, dropping punches. Um, and then Wonder Boy kind of got back up to his knee. I felt like he was trying to decide if he wanted to frame with this hand and mm. kind of try to roll or sit out. And he just didn't know what he wanted to do. Um, but I I, I don't, it, it was done, dude, like another 15, 20 seconds and that fight's done for sure. Maybe sure. not even that much. You know, um, Wonder Boy definitely got saved by the, the bell there. Uh, don't get me wrong. Um, but man, th- this whole fight, though, I mean, Wonder Boy uh, just seemed to have no way of getting his back to the mat once he got taken down. Uh, Mm -hmm. But what'd you think, John?
2: Yeah, no, I think uh, similar to the main event where you see a guy does what he does best and wins in that fashion. I think we've seen that with the co-main as well. I think you've seen Bilal find a really good way of corralling Wonderboy and staying away from the big strikes. And I mean, all Wonderboy really offered was some transition and submission defense maybe I mean, he didn't get tapped that Kamora was kind of nice yeah yeah a couple, he did defend
0: that Kamora pretty well yeah
2: um there's a couple of situations where you could tell he's worked on certain things but obviously he hasn't got the whole get up Derek lewis move so that kind of if he could have took that move from him he might have been a little bit better off but yeah i think Bilal showed that he belongs and wonder boy might have also showed that he doesn't so
1: Something, so something that really stood out to me was there was a moment, I don't remember if it was the third round or the second round, I think it was the third, where Thompson grabbed sort of a front headlock, almost guillotine-like, and actually kind of forced the to roll and kind of created yeah. a scramble kind of got to the
0: top. He got on yeah, top for a minute. Yeah. It was,
1: it was a good offensive mo- like moment for him grappling wise Thompson. And outside of that, there was just no offense no. from him. And <clears throat> what that made me wonder was you know, if he would just let go some of his offense and maybe had a little bit more confidence, I feel like he would have had more success, but Given that his last fight was Burns, who who outgrappled him, yeah. and then he goes in against Bilal, who he gets out grappled. You know, I just wonder how much of this is yes, Thompson just absolutely doesn't belong in there anymore. And how much of it is, man, he's just getting some really tough matchups for him against guys who are just way better grapplers. You know, I, I don't know, but I just have a feeling he has a lot more than what he really showed um, uh, Saturday.
0: I think it's a little bit of both is, is the answer. And mm-hmm. I, that's one thing that I wrote down is, you know, we've talked about how we're kind of at a point now with, with MMA where a lot of these guys um, are, are kind of getting phased out a little bit, like these specialists, so to speak, that are really good at one aspect. Um, but you, now in MMA, you have to be so well-rounded um, in this game. It's nuts. Like you have to be good everywhere. Um, there are some exceptions to that. Don't get me wrong. Um But for the most part, you just have to have every box checked to compete Mm -hmm. at the top in the highest level. And like Brandon said, this is two fights now for Wonder Boy where we've seen him dominated on his back. Um, and I'm not, and I don't want to sell Bilal Muhammad short here. He did sure. everything he had to do to win and he looked really good. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, his wrestling, he's, he's going to give a lot of people problems, man, with that. He's got, now he did gas and, and Brandon, that transition at the end that you're talking about, um, though it was a good transition uh, for wonder boy. I think Bilal was getting a little tired. Uh, which we haven't mm-hmm. really seen from him because he is, you know, he does push, push, push. Um, and as he gets higher and starts taking big fights, you know, I know he was the Leon fight supposed to be five rounds. You know, I, yeah. I don't, I can't really recall. Yeah, the Okay. Yeah. I can't, I can't recall if we've seen Bilal go long longer than like you know the three to five round or you mm-hmm. know five rounds into the championship round so to speak um but that it will be something interesting if he can keep that pace over five rounds and if he has I'm sorry I just I didn't I don't
2: know he might have burnt out a little bit in that first going for that finish at the end too. Could you know? have yeah but and he again. might be you know it might take he might have put a lot into making sure he held him down because you don't want to stand up and give Wonder Boy space. So you kind of have to exert a little bit of extra I would feel like to make sure I control this dominant position. Yeah. I was just going to say, and he wrestled a
1: lot. And I mean, yeah. I, I don't care who you, I mean, outside of, you know, Habib and maybe GSP wrestling that much, man, will take it out of you. I don't care who you are. And that was a lot of wrestling for Bilal. So.
0: Do, do you guys, so the, the Leon Edwards, you know, Bilal took that last minute. Um, and uh, because who was, who was Leon supposed to fight that fell out?
2: Hamzat. He got COVID.
0: Yeah. And so Bilal stepped in last, or no? Did Leon step in? Was it supposed to be Bilal and Hamzat?
1: No, it's supposed to be Leon. Leon. And okay.
0: Hamzat. Either way, it, either way, it was supposed to be a last minute fight. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I'm not gonna say that you know Bilal necessarily deserved, but I feel like the UFC typically rewards that type, and I don't think he's been rewarded technically for that yet. Um, I would love to see Bilal versus Gilbert. You know, we just talked about, you know, a potential, you know, how Gilbert just looked against Wonderboy. I think matching those two up, and I think, once again, if you're Bilal Muhammad and you win that fight, I mean, Usman needs contenders, and it'd be hard not to make a case for him, you know, to to have a title shot if they feel like he kind of deserves that and is owed that.
2: Mm -hmm. I think this was his gift. You got a number six ranked guy who – is not good off of his back and just got dominated in grappling. I think maybe that was his little alley oop for stepping in. Well, because below isn't below like was he ten? He's pretty high up, isn't he?
0: Yes, he's a, he is number ten. The reason I wouldn't say it's a gift is because Wonder Boy is coming in off a loss. Uh, it's a good yeah. win. But like having Wonder Boy on your record is good. It's like kind of right. like like Donald Cerrone, like. Anytime you could beat Donald Cerrone, it's just a good name to have. Right. But I'm meaning like a big fight where it's like, hey, kid, like you win this and you're probably going to get a title shot. Um, I'm meaning something like that. And I feel like Gilbert Burns could give him that chance or that yeah. that life, so
2: to speak. And there's nobody else. I mean, everybody's trying to hold their breath for getting the, you know, Usman shot or Hamzad yeah. or something like that, money fight or something. So this is – if you're not going to get one of those, you're not going to get Diaz or something – yeah. Then this is the you know Burns that might be your best fight too, available.
1: Yeah, and like you said, um, you know Usman really needs contenders, so and you know anything to get that guy pot- potentially up there with Usman. I feel like yeah, and, and the Burns fight would be a good one for him. So
0: yeah, yeah, I and, and like with one seventy, it's not super booked right now either. You know, like Colby mm-hmm. doesn't have a fight. I don't think maz I'm trying to think of like off the top. I'm, I'm. I told you guys before, I'm pretty tired. <laughs> but-
2: Luke, I don't think Luke has a fight yet.
0: Yeah. I, I, it's pretty open. That's, that's kind yeah. of the cool thing. So, I mean, like I said, if you're below, I feel like he deserves that man. And I feel like he should go into that fight knowing if he wins a uh, number one contender could be on the line, but I feel like he deserves somebody mm-hmm. in the top five, even though maybe his ranking doesn't reflect it. That's more what I'm meaning as like kind of like a gift or like yeah. paying him for that.
2: Well, he'll move up beating Wonderboy because Wonderboy was six, I believe. Yeah. does seem S- like he it. Was, he was in the single digits. And you know, they could definitely flip that, like send Wonder Boy to yeah. 10. And I mean, it does get interesting too, because although you know, Bilal did what he needed to do with this matchup, when you get to that six and up, a lot of those guys are good grapplers that you're not going to be able to wrestle as easy. So you're going to have to strike.
0: Yeah. yeah. But seeing Bilal, I mean, it, it is tough now with the Leon fight falling out because. I mean, it was just a freak thing that happened. I'm not blaming anybody, but man, it would be interesting maybe over five rounds to see like what he could have done in that yeah. fight. Yeah, I mean, you know, seeing look... where his skill set is, you know. Yeah,
2: yeah, the striking exchanges didn't look great for him, but I mean, you get a you get a takedown, you recover, yeah. you know, you wear on him, things could change.
0: For sure. Um, Amanda Limoges defeating Angela Hill via split decision. Uh, Hill losing another very close split decision. I think out of her like, her last like four or no her last like five fights i think like three of them have been split decisions and she's sure. lost all of them uh she did break the record for the most women straw weight fights with 19 in this one so i want to throw that in there because you know she's been around for a long time but this was a fantastic fight this was a mm-hmm. super super close fight uh really glad i'm not a judge for this one uh angela hill super tough and durable but man limoges absolutely cracks yeah uh, that and- knockdown
2: mm-hmm. was nice dude
0: she those she had two front kicks the one in the first round dropped hill um but man she hits hard for for yeah. a straw weight i
2: think that was the what edged her over in the split is that could have dropping yeah i think that was like kind of a bigger moment but yeah she's tough and that, that amanda's been calling a lot of people out too for like not fighting her or man, staying man. out the way so she's Makes got a sense. lot of yeah a that, lot of hype right.
0: yeah that power is interesting.
1: I love how you threw in, uh, she hits really hard for a straw weight. That was clever. Why? I'm <laughs> <laughs> just, just giving we, my we comments. Just don't about...
0: see, well, we just don't see many like straw weight, uh, female fighters, like just dropping girls the way she does. I mean, she just has power, man. Other than Valentina.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I completely agree with you. It's, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, we've seen some women at like, you know, 35, heck even 115 that have like that capability of like dropping another woman with like one pat, one shot. You just don't really see it too much at strawweight for some reason. I feel like mm. personally uh, yeah. outside of Valentina, obviously um, next fight boys, Ricky <sighs> Simone defeating Rafael Sonsal via knockout in round two, a very dominant performance for Ricky Simone. Uh, he came into this fight unranked, but beating the number 12 guy uh, in this fashion, you have to imagine his name will be in the rankings come Monday.
1: Yeah, definitely hope so. Um, Ricky Simone's a guy coming. We've been watching him come up for a little bit now. Um, glad to see him get this win and really display his wrestling and his striking. Um, he finishes yeah. with an... I didn't rewatch this one. Um, it was kind of a weird little uppercut when uh, the Sunset was trying to come up that really put him away, right? Yeah, that follow-up but, shot uh, was nasty. And, and, but uh, yeah, man, the wrestling unfolded. But I'd love to see him and O'Malley. I know he called him out mm-hmm. a little bit. So,
0: yeah, that's one thing. When we were previewing this fight, you know, last week, I had said, like, this the winner of this is perfect, especially if Ricky Simone comes out, because that was this fight was supposed to happen. Um, so I love when he got in there. He took that opportunity, said everything he needed to say, even kind of said, like, I'm not going to bully him into a fight. You know, like, <laughs> I, I love how he kind of threw that subtle jab out there. Um, I really, really like Ricky Simone and I really think he's going to make a big splash in the division next year. Like Brandon said, the wrestling, the cardio is there. We've known that his striking looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'll be honest, you know, with how good I, like I'm not going to play recency bias because we can't forget how good O'Malley just looked too. Right. Um, And that forwardness of, you know, with Ricky Simone, O'Malley's a a fantastic, long, lengthy counter striker as well. Um, So I I don't, I'm not saying it'd be an easy fight, you know, for Ricky or either one of these guys, but it's a great matchup. I'd love to see.
2: Yeah. It's interesting because also, you know, although O'Malley can catch people coming in, I think Ricky has a really good chin and really good cardio that he could eat something to get him up against the cage. And, possibly work that wrestling and you know they both went from unranked to you know just jumping in off their next fight and yeah you don't it's perfect timing yeah and it doesn't push O'Malley up too too fast but it gives him somebody who could say I mean like I've always said with these guys you got to start taking out the oh well you took out this guy now you got to take out this level and Ricky Simone Mm -hmm. is a really good you know tester fight for him to say like okay maybe a cruise fight might make sense or like some of these higher guys that they've been kind of trying to match him up with yeah sign me up I want to see that one.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, Matej Gamrot defeating Diego Fiera via TKO uh, in round two. Great takedowns from Gamrot uh, in this fight. I thought his level changes in this fight uh, were Exhausting. Fantastic. just fantastic. Oh, dude, they were relentless. Um, and what a nasty knee from the back uh, to finish. They were kind of in a weird position along the cage. Uh, Gamrot was kind of, I wouldn't really say in a back mount. Uh, But Fietta was kind of down on his knees and Gamrot just kind of like extended his knee out to the side and then brought it back in and just cracked him right in the ribs. And I mean, Fietta just folded. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's like I think I think Gamrot's like 20 and one now. Got to imagine he's another guy due for a big, big fight.
2: Oh, yeah. He's um, he he came 19 and one right now. Um,
0: I thought he was 19 and one going in. I think he's 20 and one now.
2: UFC website has him as nineteen and one. Oh, do not go
0: out a UFC website. Um, (laughs) But I mean, better look at Wikipedia
2: (laughs) to go from Stevens and then this win. You know, he's he only has three fights in the UFC, but he's definitely. Shown that he's not somebody that people are going to sign up to fight. I guarantee that. Yeah, no the ch- the chain wrestling with him was ridiculous
1: too. I mean, he had a yeah. lot of re- reshots. Like, um, yep. a sunset would come in and he would sprawl and reshoot himself, and just like you said, really relentless with his attacks with the wrestling and. Man, that, that knee he landed, I didn't realize it until they showed the replay. I thought that um a sunset was just injured with some weird wonky injury. And um, so after re-watching it, man, it kind of makes me think because they guys get in that position a lot, and I feel like guys typically in that position, they're throwing knees to like the thigh or knees to the yeah. butt, like dumb stuff like that. But watching that knockout, um or TKO, you know, I really got to wonder if that kind of makes guys really shift their focus in that position, because that's a very common position. So I'm just really curious to see if we start seeing a little bit more finishes from there.
0: Yeah, it was a beautiful technique as well. I mean, like I said, the way he brought the knee out and then kind of angled it back in, um, just really, really high level stuff there, uh, from Gamrot. And like you said, something we don't see a lot of very mm. kind of an or- unorthodox position to begin with, but definitely an unorthodox finish as well. Can you
2: imagine sure. getting kneed in the ribs like that and like verbally tapping and this dude just jumps on your neck and pulls oh, you Yeah, back I forgot for about that yeah, they, Yeah,
0: they, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mention that. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't. Cause he kind of like, didn't see it
2: in time. Cause well, Gamrot jumped really, on that neck quick.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh yeah, it was over one way or another for sure. <laughs> Uh, boys the fight that kicked it off uh, It didn't last long but it was fun while it lasted we predicted it was going to be a fun one cub swanson defeating darren elkins via tko in round one take a bow Cub swanson because people mm-hmm. are not finishing darren elkins in round Ooh. one and cub looked really good probably one of his best performances we've seen in a long time
1: for sure 100 percent. yeah I, like i was telling john i think last night like his last win if i remember right is crone gracie and he looked Good yeah. in that win, but I mean nothing like he looked on Saturday. I mean he looked amazing. I don't, you know, I don't really even know what to attribute that to. I know his family was watching. I don't know. Yeah, they were, were cage
0: side. Yeah, yeah. I
1: don't, I don't know if they're cage side often, but if that's the recipe,
2: man, he needs Ooh. to start using that one a lot, dude. Yeah, I think he footwork. said this is his first fight that his kid was there.
0: Yeah,
2: and uh, he want he wanted to like have like a good representation of his kid's thoughts of him as a fighter, and yeah, he definitely showed out, man. That, the footwork,
0: and, man, that's what was blowing uh, my mind.
2: Yeah. He put some put some good strikes together. And then, you know, like you said, Elkins doesn't get taken out in the first round. And like I said, he probably could have kept on standing up and taking that damage. But I'm glad they stopped it because yeah. you don't like to see guys get lit up like that.
0: Yeah. No, if you watch the finish, he he kind of got got dropped, got back up. And then maybe Cub, I don't even know if Cub hit him again, but I mean Elkins just fell straight to his face as the ref was kind of stopping it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just just silky smooth man is striking the angles he was finding were were really just different and funky. And like I said, that the mm. lateral movement was just like, he was like, boom, boom, switching stances and just all over the place.
1: And Cubs kind of a guy for me I, f- I feel like he, so- he usually takes up about a round or so to kind of get to that point. And, and yeah. Saturday, it really seemed like he was just there, you know, as, as soon as the bell went, you know, he was kind of mm-hmm. in that mode
2: cause he, he was piecing up Elkins early. He's yeah. in a weird spot too, because you know, his last fight, he loses to giga in yeah. this fight, he beats Elkins. And those are two vastly different areas yeah. of the talent pool, I feel not necessarily talent pool, but rankings and you know well tiers it's a young providers. it's a
0: it's a young killer in Giga, this kind of guy coming up and Elkins kind of like this legend that's maybe going out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then Cubs probably, yeah, somewhere there in the middle.
2: <laughs> so you might see Cub kind of take in that, you know, I fight the guys who they think might be ready for a upper kind of like a gatekeeper but just more of like is this guy real deal kind of like a Cerrone name like you said earlier
0: yeah we'll see man I mean maybe I mean like I said heck, we've been talking about it all year dude like you know it's Jan and Aldo I mean some of these guys can find it late in their career man and mm-hmm. you know we won't know until Cubs next performance to see who they give him who they match him up and how if he can win and how he looks uh, but man he's a guy though he's got all the skill sets man um seems like there's one submission I, that he's really good is it is it weird? Uh, no, guillotines? Guillotines, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he's just a really well-rounded guy, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we'll see, man. I'm, I'm really hyped for Cub. I've always been a big Cub fan. Um, I don't wear mouthpieces when I do jujitsu, but the one mouthpiece I do have is a Cub Swanson <laughs> mouthpiece. Better That's believe amazing. that, son.
1: That Why are you laughing? Boy.
0: Why are you laughing? I didn't know
1: that. You didn't know that? I didn't know, I, that? I, I didn't know that.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's a killer Cub mouthpiece.
1: Wow. where did you get that? <sighs>
0: Probably, like, when I first started.
1: Wow. I'm really sad you don't wear that. You should definitely wear that more often. I,
0: I do. It's like pink. You've probably seen it. It's it's like mm. a, it's not like pink. It's kind of like a infrared like style. Um, I, I pop it in like maybe once a month. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. I need to wear a mouthpiece every time I roll. I, you, I can't tell you how many times I bite my tongue or, and then I'm like, oh man, like I need to start wearing a mouthpiece and I'll wear it the one time. And then I just get, you know, you just don't think to go throw it back in, but yeah. Sure. When I come back, I might just have to do jujitsu jitsu in a bubble. I'm going to be doing everything I can to protect my
1: body. <laughs> yeah, that's another story right there.
0: Yeah, that is a whole different story. Um, let's move to the undercard. There is a couple fights I want to talk about on the prelims before we move on. Uh, Gerald Mershart defeating mm-hmm. Dustin, I'm going to butcher this, Stoltzvis, Stoltzvis via submission in round three, um, another come from behind finish uh, from Ger- uh, Gerald merchart here, uh, GM three baby putting on hmm. uh, and what I love about merchart I think he holds like the most submission finishes and like he's got like 25 submission finishes in his career. Um, but what I love about him is we kind of talk about, you know, people striking and punching power, being an equalizer. And how about GM three, man, putting on for jujitsu and showing that it can be an equalizer too, man. I love it. I mean, he wasn't like, like getting dominated per se. He didn't, he just wasn't winning the fight. You know what I yeah, mean? And losing. And again, man, he's been in this position. How many times, um, just shows you too, how good Hamzat is. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole,
2: <laughs> but GM
0: three is legit, man. I love it.
2: 25 wins by submission, man. That's, 25, uh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it. we talked about it too last night is when he goes against those top guys, the Eric Anders, you know, the Heinish, those guys he kind of struggles with. But these other guys, they kind of beat him up a little bit, and then he ends up tapping them out. So, sure. you know, he could use this as a way to turn around and be like, okay, well, I need to effectively get to these submission positions quicker if this is the way I'm going to win. But he's definitely exciting because he's never out of a fight. Mm-hmm. I think. I think part of it honestly is I think in MMA
1: people have a tendency to kind of get a little lazy in certain positions when they're playing defense, particularly like in back or maybe even like uh, bottom side control places like that, because there's certain, yeah, I mean, there's certain submissions that, that they happen frequently, but just, they don't happen. They're, they're not as easy to hit. And I feel like you're in that third round, you're, you're winning by two rounds, you know, and there's like two minutes left in the fight. Um, a lot of people can chill and be okay, but you know, GM3 is just one of those guys. I think he's able to capitalize. <laughs> it's nuts. And yeah, so I I don't know. I just kind of picked up on that. I feel like if when when it gets late like that, a, a good jujitsu guy might be able to capitalize on those small mat- mistakes when guys get a little lackadaisical in the end.
2: I mean, the best example of that Anderson and che
1: won. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. A, that's exactly. Yeah, same thing.
0: Yeah, hundred um, sure. percent. Next next result on the prelims I wanted to get to was Justin Taffa defeating Harry Hunsucker via. Head kick in round one. Uh, but I want to bring this up because uh, Justin Taffa becoming the first UFC heavyweight in UFC history to miss weight weight in at 265, uh, 267 pounds, which is two pounds over the 265 limit, um, but looked phenomenal. So like, like we were talking about earlier, it's like, you know, if you mm-hmm. want to make a case. We're just letting these guys come in and just be freaking mammoths. Uh Justin Toffin making a case. Thought Harry Hunsucker, kind of like we mentioned earlier with uh Dawkins, man. It's not that he I mean he looked decent, he had his moments in there, but Chris Dawkins uh said it perfect, man. It's like we're heavyweights, you know. When you get throwing things happen, so
2: yeah, and that was through the arms. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, so like,
0: like both <laughs> yeah, both arms up. Yeah, I was I,
2: telling I, Brandon it was like the Machida Munoz one where He blocks the kick, but the shot goes through and drops him out. Like, there's not very many people who can kick like that. Yeah, I don't
1: don't think his leg actually touches his head. And that's what's crazy. It just literally just pure shock absorption through and put him out.
0: Dude, 270-pound man can throw his leg up and just do that? Like, let's go. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
2: just do an absolute division for UFC, man. And
0: and, uh, this last result is uh, purely for me and me only. Raquel Pennington (laughs) defeating macy chass on via 10 finger choke baby let's go yeah. let's go oh uh, i'm not good at many things in jiu-jitsu but do not get stuck in my 10 finger choke and i want you two to say it right now on this podcast
1: no that's fair yeah you've hit me in that at least three or four times it's not very fun
2: yeah i, I definitely when you go for my headlock i'm like well guess what you're not doing Ugh. putting both hands under my neck you can do every transition <laughs> you want Oh, I was
0: so hyped to see her uh, do that. It's literally, like, one of my favorite submissions, um, and I've gotten pretty decent. At- I will say, you can say what you want about, yeah, I ain't doing no triangles. camoras are, eh. Don't get stuck in that 10-finger choke, daddy.
2: <laughs> you don't see that in MMA right? <laughs> I'm
0: shutting it like, down.
2: With yeah. the gloves and stuff, getting that under the chin probably isn't easy. Oh,
0: dude, yeah, that would be so tough, too. Yeah, I didn't even think about that aspect with the gloves on. Because I've done – like I've done MMA rounds, uh, before. So like with gloves on, and like, dude, camoras are so hard. I don't know if you've ever tried to do a camora with MMA mm-hmm. gloves, but so much respect for guys that can finish camoras. Because I'm like, I'm like, I was just like the most frustrating thing I think I ever did. Try was like doing a camora with uh with MMA gloves on.
2: Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. It's a good boys, one for our car collection. I got like two Errol Pennington cards. So
0: there you go. Ten finger choke, baby. Um. Uh, well, boys, that is it. UFC Fight Night, last UFC card of the year. Awesome card. I saw something where it was like percentage wise, like the most finishes on one card this year. Man. Maybe I saw something. Really? I can't remember. Yeah, I'll have to. Ah, I should have looked it up. Sorry, that's my bad. Been a long day, boys. Uh, <laughs> but that's it. Anything else on the card before we move it on?
1: A good
2: way to finish the year. That was that was a good one. Well, we yeah. didn't. One thing we didn't talk about real quick is the nail biter that happened with our picks from and this really- part.
0: Oh, yes. That's a good point. I man. didn't even put that. Okay. Yeah. We got to wrap up the picks and the points. So let's right, do it. I'll pull it, it up.
2: So, uh... Brandon.
0: Oh man. I'm so glad. I didn't even put that in my notes. I totally. <laughs> well, before
2: out. he tells you, let me set the scene for you guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For
2: sure. So we go into this. I'm a, whoa, no, whoa, with-
0: whoa, no, no, wait. He has to say it. Cause you're oh, going okay. to give away the scores by saying, it. And so Brandon tell the score scores. And then John, you set the scene on how it ended.
2: Are you points sure from the, that you want to do it? No, you, Brandon, you say the points from the night. Who? How many points did you get? How many points did I get? Yeah, there you go. Okay, okay. That's okay. what I was meaning.
0: Sorry, I didn't phrase it very well.
2: Okay, so I
1: got three points.
2: John got two points. Mm-hmm. Hey, so I got three into, points too. That's true. He did. Yeah, Nate got three points, but nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> so going into that, I was up what? One or two? Kira, you were at one point.
0: Hold on, going oh. into the main event.
2: Going into yeah. the main event, yeah. So Brandon gets the points from the co-main. I'm up I'm on I was with, up one. Yeah, you was up one going into mm-hmm. that. However, we both picked the different guys in the main event. So it came down to that. And uh Derek Lewis came through for you, boy. I had to do act like <laughs> oh man, I don't really care about this. And then I won. I was like, yeah, that's right. That's exactly Dude, what happened. Yeah, because he
1: was he was saying, Oh yeah, it's not a, you know, it's just whatever. I, mean, and I then, just did what I've been doing all year. And as soon as Lewis won, John like jumps up off the couch. That's how you win a championship. He's like I going mean,
2: on. <laughs> Hey, nobody remembers second place, doggy. That's first crazy. or last. I don't get
1: how second place is getting more more crap than last place.
2: Because it seems like you tried
1: harder, I guess. Maybe yeah. What does sure. that even what does that even mean? Nature over here talking <laughs> and, about nature over here talking about they, listening to all the
2: all the different episodes. And, and they, and they <laughs>
0: finished the year with three points, baby. Who called the main event perfect?
2: Yeah, Brandon got no points on the last fight of the year, so you're yeah. like, kind of like the biggest You loser. guys are literally making up arbitrary things. That, you that like, you
0: you leave 2021 on an
2: L. Yeah. Dog you were in last place well he's technically in 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 third because place. pack was in fourth because he he picked one fight card and got like four six points your points literally didn't even count for this card you even said i'm out of the race what's the final
1: point give us the final point total okay so the final point total here we go john you have 82 points yeah (laughs) i have 81 points nate you have 73 points
0: yeah, you're sitting. There,
2: you're sitting in <laughs> I not
0: I don't have a soundboard, so <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Good It'll job, be- boys. It was fun. Ah. Um, it was it was a way to uh to make the fights fun all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, congrats to John for being the first ever Neon Belly Fight Pick Champion. Uh, yeah. maybe we'll try to find like a little belt or something. I want to, we're going to refine this in 2022. I kind of talked about it when we had started and then we kind of stopped because we're like, well, we're kind of already rolling. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I think I want to do, we can definitely do the yearly. Um, but I think I want to do like a monthly thing, whoever wins the month and we'll maybe mm-hmm. try to get like a belt. Um, and you can just have the belt so the belt can kind of change hands monthly type thing, or, nice. uh, we can do weekly. Um, I don't really care. We'll figure that out. We're going to refine it. If you're listening, if you have any suggestions on how we can make the picking better, funner, any ideas, hit the DMs at Neon Belly Podcast. We'll listen to your ideas. Not saying we're going to use them. Yeah. But let it, we'll, we'll we'll consider
2: them. I mean, Brandon said he wanted to do like a sash with like badges on it, like Boy Scouts. And I was <laughs> like, I don't know,
1: dude. Listen, I like the belt idea too. I was really thinking about the money yeah. in the bank briefcase too. No, that's
0: mine. That goes to no
1: All right all right <laughs>
0: that ain't leaving my shelf okay <laughs> no we'll get a belt though i mean you can have like fantasy football like those like types of like websites those belts are so affordable Dude, now like follow
2: uncle mark and get a chain either way
0: yeah we can hit uncle mark cool. up like hey who do we see <laughs> we're talking about one of these belts <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it would be fun though and then you know we could yeah. have like we have like our guests you know certain people will have guest pickers come on they could win it you know i mean we could just have some fun with it yeah, we're gonna refine be Fun it to we'll do
2: maybe out. like a even like a lifeline where you can call in a pick from like Jacob or somebody. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, boys, we have to get to it last night, this past Saturday. Sorry. Jake Paul defeating Tyron Woodley via sixth round knockout. Um, Thank God he did because this thing was heading towards a snooze fest until that punch. Literally that one punch was all that was worth watching. Um, I watched, did you guys watch this whole fight? Or just mm-hmm. okay,
1: basically through it's like one of those videos that was like choppy, it like highlights. Skit. Yeah, it okay. Kind of so few- I,
0: I actually watched the whole thing. Um, I, I gave the first two rounds to Jake Paul. Um, and then I think Woodley won the next three three, four, and five. Um, so I do think when this knockout happened, Woodley was to me was winning on the scorecards. Um, but that's not saying much for Woodley at all. Um, I felt like Woodley actually looked a little worse in this rematch than he did in the original fight. Um, in my opinion, um, it seemed like he was fighting to just not get knocked out. Uh, so mm-hmm. I kind of when I, when we were talking about it and I told you guys, it just seemed like he was fighting to not get knocked out, which is ironic because that's exactly what happened. Um, he was just loading up looking for one big shot and then he'd clinch. if it, if it hit, it hit, if it didn't, he just clinch. That's what this fight was. I mean these mm-hmm. two were just clinching, clinching. Um, and it's kind of unfortunate too, because I felt like when Woodley did let his hands go on the, like two or three times he did with combinations, he had some success. He had success with his jab a couple times too. Um, but man was just looking for that one, um, one big punch. It was super frustrating, but man, all credit for this though, goes to Jake Paul for finding that punch. And man, just when Derek Lewis thought he won Saturday night, Jake Paul said, <laughs> not so fast, big man. I got power too
2: yeah you know it's um i I hate because my social media has been filled up with people making conspiracy videos that woodley tipped him off and like set it up like
0: disgusting yeah it's kind of disgusting moved
2: his hand which i thought he was angling his hand to make it look like he was doing a body shot because that's why woodley dropped his arm so that's where i was going with it anyways but then they were just saying that it was this whole um this whole conspiracy thing and that's been kind of annoying and you know still kind of a not necessarily a parody thing but you know you got to kind of now you kind of wanted to see that level go up and just quit getting these old UFC guys because at this point I know Dana's probably just so sick of it and he's going to probably just tell fighters they can't even retire anymore just because he doesn't want them to have to fight Jake Paul Mm. so
1: yeah I don't even know what to say about this man okay so you guys know I'm not a boxing guy but what I'll say is like it's interesting to me. Woodley hasn't been knocked out like that since he fought. Was it Nate Markhart? Markhart in uh yeah uh, Strike Force. Strike Force. yeah. So I mean, Jake Paul hits hard, man. I mean, he hits hard and he's got decent boxing. He's getting better. Um, I I was listening to Luke Thomas a little bit earlier today, kind of do some recap on it, and uh, he kind of just had an interesting point and kind of gets into what you're saying, Nate, about you know Jake Paul fighting these fighting these UFC guys is. You know, clearly Jake Paul is wanting to fight guys who aren't the best boxers. They're not boxers to begin with, and I mean it's working because he's going to get paid for it. So I think Jake is also very smart, and that he's picking the right guys to fight. Um, but at the same time, man, his skills are developing. So you know it'll be interesting to see if he if he does start getting a little uh, higher level competition, I suppose, in a boxing sense. So.
0: Well, and I, I think, <clears throat> so a couple of things, because right, you know, there's kind of some things that you guys both said. So I, I agree. And I, I think John was saying, you both said it is, uh, I, and I think the best way to say it is, his boxing IQ is going up. Um, I think not only does he de- deserve credit for being a pretty decent boxer and having power, you can tell he's just growing and, and seeing things in the fight. Uh, John, you had mentioned that he looked like the finishing, he had tried to set it up with a body shot. He kind of fainted. Before he threw that big hook, and I think he got that reaction out of Tyron that he wanted, which was Mm -hmm. the left hand coming down, and then you could see him kind of reset, and then he just turns and puts everything into that right hook, uh, and Tyron lowered his hand exactly like right before the, you know, the thing, he got him to kind of react like that, Um, so the fact that he noticed that and then instantly went to it, whether he was trying to, you know, fake the body shot, whatever, um, just shows that he's not just in there, you know, throw in and using tech. i mean he's you know he's actually seeing things in there which i think is really huge in terms of competition i will say too i don't think fury would have fared much better uh, no. based off his last fight um i just I, I didn't see much in that fight out of tommy fury and i think jake paul just kind of dusts him and runs through him as well um in terms of the mma guys you know it's there there's definitely a formula right um You know, he's not fighting guys bigger than him. I think he's been bigger than every opponent uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of size, maybe even length. Um, You go back to even Nate Robinson, right? But he's also facing guys um, that are, you know, coming like, you know, or he's looking to face guys that are coming off of big knockouts. So, you know, Ben Askren, his last fight, he got clean knocked out by Masvidal. Uh, Tyron Woodley we all know how his career ended he didn't look great at all right in MMA mm-hmm. um, now he's calling out Masvidal who just got knocked out by Usman um, so he, he's, he knows what he's doing right he's looking for guys that big names MMA guys um, but the chin's not there they're getting a little older they're not performing quite as well um, you know, there's definitely like I, I think one person like I know the kind of it was a joke, but I do think Bisping would give him a lot of problems. I mean, I really yeah. do. I think even guys like a Luke Rockhold um, could give him a lot of problems. But I don't know. I, I definitely think there's a formula to the opponents when it comes to MMA fighters. It's just going to depend if he wants to like start getting credibility in boxing or keep selling pay-per-views. Because like I told John last night is who's going to beat Jake Paul is a 17, 18 year old kid that has been doing this since he was six and is like his same size. You know what I mean? Uh, but he's never going to take that fight.
2: No. Because it's I not going to sell. And he's calling out, you know, welterweights at the UFC. He's calling right. out Diaz and Maduval. That's what I'm saying. He's
0: not calling out Bisp. I mean,
2: he did kind of the back and forth of Bisping, yeah. but he's not calling out bigger guys. And, you I mean, know, he says he wants the Canelo fight. Canelo is fighting at 190 pounds, 200 pounds now. So, you know, he'll have to get to that point eventually if he wants to get those big fights. But, the last little point I'll say to it and then Brandon you can talk about what Luke said is as a boxing fan I do know that what he's doing is no different than what all these other boxers do 100% you know the first 10 fights of their career are usually you know kind of undercard guys that aren't very good so they can get their skills up now granted some of these high level guys like Lomachenko, who might only have like 13 14 pro boxing fights had 100 amateur fights and did olympics stuff like that But in boxing, it isn't nothing new to kind of pad your record. But for him, he's getting to this point to where his name is out, you know, reaching farther than his, you know, the his resume. So he's going to have to eventually get up to that point if he wants people to keep buying these unless he keeps going the celebrity route.
1: And that's kind of what I guess this gets into. Luke Thomas had brought up a guy and I'm blinking on the guy's name. I apologize. But he was a wide receiver for a professional football team who kind of made the shift over to boxing. And this guy ended up going about 20 and oh, like 20 fights undefeated. And until he started fighting some elite level boxers and then he just ended up getting dusted about three or four fights in a row and just quit. Um, And essentially what he was saying was Jake's kind of doing the same thing, but he's banking on not having to go against these elite level guys and just continuing to do what you said where you can just sell these pay-per-views and you know i i think given the formula we're kind of talking about if that is correct and he's looking for kind of you know these mma fighters um, big name guys who are kind of at the end of their careers maybe they've suffered some knockout losses he can do this all day man i mean he can probably keep this up for a while he's only 25 20 what is he 26 i don't know something like Um, that he's a young guy so i mean he and he's making he's got all the money in the world. He doesn't even need to do this. So, you know, I I have a feeling this might be the, what he's doing is just sticking with the celebrities and kind of going that route. So.
0: Yeah. And excuse me. And he's not, he's not doing it with anybody that is going to have to cut weight that would be willing, like, like prime example, Anderson Silva is right there. Right. I mean, he kind of fits your Mm -hmm. MO retired MMA fighter, a little bit older, but what, I mean, Anderson Silva is bigger guy. He's going to have to cut a little bit, but he'll, he'll make it. Um, but he's looked phenomenal in his boxing matches and, and there's a reason why Jake Paul hasn't said Anderson Silva's name. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, and I, am not saying he couldn't beat, him, I'm not saying that, but there's a, it's a, that'd be a tough fight for him. And, you know, uh, Masvidal, like I said, we just saw Masvidal get clean, knocked out, uh, Nate Diaz, you know, I mean, his same he's thing,
2: 170 like
0: 70 pounds, it's, that's all it is, man. Um, uh, he called out Usman. I will say out of everybody, I know it will never happen, but. I really think Usman could give him problems because Usman's especially as of late been working a lot on his boxing. I think he's a bigger guy. He's a very strong. He's a freak athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Usman could present a little bit more problems than some of these other guys. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's, he can say it all he wants, but it just, it doesn't fit what he wants to do. So it does come down to, you know, do you want to start facing boxers like legitimate real boxers, or do you want to keep selling pay-per-views? And if I'm him, I just keep so I what yeah. 20, 20 and 20 and oh that receiver went. Do this 20 times, dude. Why not? Get your money. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Funny. Uh, Some of the, the two funnier tweets I seen kind of shortly after. Le'Veon Bell <laughs> running back from the NFL. Oh, who, I saw that. He caught which Le'Veon Bell's a big dude as far as like Yeah, but Woodley and Stock-y. Paul.
0: Woodley and Paul were like buddies now. They were like going yeah. at Le'Veon Bell together.
2: Uh and then the other one that was funny is Marvin Vittori said. Jake, can we go at it? I wear twelve ounce gloves. You wear six ounce. <laughs> mm. I,
0: I think that's kind of where you know you, the Le'Veon Bell. So for maybe people that don't know, <clears throat> uh, Le'Veon Bell kind of went at Jake Paul, talking. To, you know, he, and then he kind of made fun of Woodley a little bit, and then Woodley was like, "Dude, don't get it twisted," like this and that. And then Jake Paul was like, basically telling Le'Veon Bell he should respect Woodley, and then said, "Hey, Woodley, next card, why don't you fight this scrub on the?" co-main event or undercard whatever um but like kind of where i want to leave it um just because some stuff i've been seeing today is i I think it's just important to remember that uh woodley is still a mixed martial arts legend um i don't want him to be called a bum like i've been seeing for losing a couple boxing matches to a younger more experienced professional boxer um you can't base what he's done in mixed martial arts um on these two fights Uh, you could say he's not a good boxer that's fine but don't get it twisted if this was a real fight cough cough mma Uh, Jake Paul would be the one that they would have been scraping off the canvas last night. And that's just facts. Um, And I, and I also, I understand Woodley's MMA career didn't end great. And that's fair to assess his MMA career on that. And he should be judged for that, you know, in terms of his legacy or whatever, Uh, but you don't become a five-time champ in mixed martial arts for as long as he does. If you're not one of the most elite uh, athletes in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's all I'm going to say about that. Like just in terms of like MMA fans from one MMA fan speaking to other MMA fans is, I know it's not a great look, but dude is still a legend, and he mm-hmm. dared to go over and do a sport that is really nothing like mixed martial arts. And if the shoe was on the other foot, it would not It would not be pretty for – there's a reason Jake Paul talks all this MMA, but he'll never do it. Yeah. He probably never will.
2: He said, I need to get with Javier Mendez and Habib and start training. I'm going to do MMA for I, sure.
0: I'm not saying – I'm not saying he – I mean, look, Jake Paul is going to do it. He's going to defy. I mean, he'll do it. If he wants to commit himself to it, he could definitely do it, but – Dude, MMA is a different game, dude, and mm-hmm. it takes years and years. I mean, we know because, we, you know, we're we're around it somewhat, right? I mean, it takes years for these guys to get on, like, really elite levels, and you're not going to go beat a Tyron Woodley with three years of training. I just don't. No, mean. And,
2: and even just to add on to the Woodley thing is he did go out on a bad streak, but he didn't lose to no scrubs. These were all, you know, Luke A. Burns, sure. Usman. These are guys that are, you know – top guys in the division um yeah. and if he would have decided to go bellator he probably would be right there in the mix going over there and yeah. you know fixing some of those guys so uh i agree though i think people kind of when you do that's the one part about playing in the circus though right you could end up looking like a clown yeah you know, people want to you know play him about this but like you said if this if they did one boxing match and one mma they'd be one and one right now so 100 percent.
1: yeah i don't I it's just similar to the, like just Ben Askren mentioned that when, when he was leading up to the fight with Jake Paul, like, if I don't know if I agree a hundred percent with, with Askren and, in, in terms of what he could do to Paul. Um, But he was saying, you know, I, if we wanted to right now go out of the street and do a homicide on Jake Paul, like just cause there's so many variables that are being left out. Um So yeah, I mean, just echoing what you guys say. I mean, there's MMA is just very different. So people should realize that.
0: Yeah, no. And that's, that's all I want to get across is like, I know it's you know it's a f I'm don't once again don't want to take anything from Jake Paul because that was a phenomenal knockout he did exactly what he should have done, mm-hmm. um, but guys if this was a legit fight it, it doesn't go that way ten right. times out of ten it will never go that way no um so boys that's it let's get to our team Canada all time uh, and then we'll hit some news and then we're gonna wrap it up um, I'm pretty excited for this one. Uh, You know, I told you guys with Team Asia, I was pretty confident. I'm not so confident with these. (laughs) Uh, I could be swayed. I could be swayed. There's some deep, there's some, there's some good picks in these. Um, So we're going to kick this off. Uh, We've done uh, Team Asia and we have done Ireland and the UK, correct? Right. Those are the only two. So we are continuing now with Team Canada. Uh, You can go back and listen to those episodes, but don't worry. Uh, At some point we'll put a graphic up and we'll have these all laid out. Um, And then we're going to try to put them together in like a bracket um, maybe we can do like a March madness thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we'll figure that out as it goes on. Uh, but let's kick this off. I'll kick it off with heavyweight for all time team Canada. Uh, I'm taking a bit of risk with my pick, uh, because I'm more or less looking that I do believe in this guy's future. Um, so I'm kind of looking past some people, but I really think this guy is legit. I think he's probably currently the best Canadian heavyweight fighting and it is the current one FC heavyweight champ arjan bueller uh he's currently 11 and 1 uh he did have four fights in the ufc and went three and one uh he just fought out his contract and it was kind of in that time where one was just offering guys stupid money um he actually won his last fight in the ufc and uh, one just threw him some stupid money he went to one fc um he uh, beat our all-time Asia heavyweight Brandon Vera for the one title, super decorated wrestler, has a ton of striking power. Um, and so that is my pick. A couple honorable mentions I wrote down, Big Daddy Gary Goodrich, uh, who's just more or less a legend, uh, never mm-hmm. really achieved much more, won you know, any major titles. Also throwing out Tim Hague, who had a decent career overall, but did struggle bad in the UFC. I think he was only like one in four. His only win was Pat Berry in five fights in the promotion. Um, and obviously the other guy seriously considered here was uh, the bulldozer, Tanner Bozer, who does mm-hmm. currently fight in the UFC, has a ton more experience uh, than our uh, John Bueller. Uh, but I just see more upside in our John right now. Uh, plus Bozer has a loss to Tim Hague. Um, so for me, that kind of eliminated him and my mm-hmm. like how I'm kind of doing these because I wasn't going to give it to Tim Hague. So.
1: Okay. So. I forget who's next, me or you. It doesn't matter either, guys. Okay, yep. so I'm gonna be transparent about this. A lot of the guys, when I was going through and doing these picks, I I wasn't too familiar with him, as you guys know. Sure. I, I'm am a bit of a newer fan compared to you guys. So some of these guys, I, I just didn't watch a lot of them. So I'm kind of doing research, like as I was doing it. So, um, also for heavyweight, um, I had as an asterisk um, next to Lesnar because he did actually have. Dude, I- Canadian flag. that's my I pick, thought but, um, i
0: thought about it i literally did but he only did it for one fight i right? know it
1: was one fight but i'm like again given what i just said i was like man i don't i'm not super familiar with a lot of these guys um so i was like i'm gonna throw lesnar in there because i sure as hell know lesnar so i that's that was my pick but i you know if he's if that's not enough the one pick he's a resident um i'm sure if you really thought it was legit you would have put him in there but um yeah that's who i had
2: I had him as well. He's a dual citizen as a resident. He's fought under Canada at UFC 200. Um, And I don't think he has a – I don't have him as like a chance. Kind of how we talked about how some of these guys who are dual, they might not have chances in one of the other countries or they might have a better chance at a certain country. I felt like Brock Lesnar had a better chance here than America. So that's why I kind of lined him up as a two-time UFC champion. And then I had Tanner as my number two. Um, just having a, a win over like a, a US or OSP, he's been ranked as high as 15, but I'm also not mad at your pick either, Nate, but I, Brock was the one I was like, you know what? I'm just going to throw out this wild card and see if it lands.
0: Yeah, I, I, did think about it. Um, for, like I said, for me, I, he's yes, he, he does live in Canada currently. Uh, his last fight against, uh, was it Mark Hunt? was his last fight he did fight under the canadian flag because he said i'm a resident of canada um i guess if you're just looking at the full spectrum though it's it was kind of hard for me to throw it in there um Mm -hmm. i'm not going to give him my vote for those reasons just because for like my personal criteria he doesn't fit it um i'm going to stick with our john bueller uh but you guys can uh obviously make your picks
1: i feel like lesnar makes this really interesting but um
0: yeah i would say it, obviously like if he fit more of the criteria for me um
1: no i i i hear what you're saying it I, would be a no-brainer um, yeah I, i'm just gonna for for this one i'm just gonna kind of uh i'll default so what was your guys what was your pick nate i
0: i did our john bueller
1: all right um yeah, I mean, I'll just I'll just stick with Bueller because, like I said, I mean, Lesnar wins my pick, and if he's kind of far out there, we'll just I'll just scratch him.
0: It, it, I mean, it's your guy. Like I said, I mean, it's your. I'm going with Brock. It, it's your guys' interpretation. Makes it interesting. Sure. Yeah, and it's it's your guys' interpretation of it. Just how I'm doing it to me, only one fight. It's just kind of, you know, to my knowledge, he still lives there on that ranch. Um, so you know, mm-hmm. if he was to fight again, maybe he would probably fight under the. I think he lives in so sasko, sasko it's like a crazy uh, I can't remember
2: it's like yeah, something I Can't remember yeah it's one of those i would assume you'd right.
0: fight but it's a, i mean it's totally up to you just for me personally it just doesn't fit my criteria
1: okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do it because like i said i think it makes it a little it kind of shakes it up a little bit um and i so kind of guys agree. Is picks
0: man like honestly yeah All i'm right, going brock go lesnar okay um moving go. on to the light heavyweight this is a tough one, man. I'd say this is definitely the toughest category for Canada. We got to get some 205ers uh, rolling in Canada, uh, but I did go with uh, Misha mm-hmm. Um, He has some very impressive victories, obviously, over some really respected opponents. He's tied with a couple other fighters for the most sub finishes uh, in the UFC light heavyweight division. Uh, Ryan Jimmo was another name I considered another guy who um, had a great career did struggle in the UFC didn't have some big not and and to be clear when I say struggle in the UFC you know it's just because that's like a lot of these guys it's the biggest promotion you know if guys fought in pride I I make sure I go back and look at their pride but if if UFC is the biggest promotion that's kind of the biggest talent that they face and that's kind of where I'm judging a lot of them. Um, but O just didn't have the biggest wins. Didn't he only one, one fight in the UFC. Um, unfortunately, uh, for people that probably don't know, uh, he did, he was killed in a car crash. He was cut from the UFC and like, I don't even know a year later, not even six, eight months later, he unfortunately was like killed in a road, road rage incident.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so, you know, he's definitely one of those guys who knows what could have been. Um, but, uh, Misha Sirkinov for me was the light heavyweight.
1: I had Serkinov as well. Um, you'll notice with almost all of these, I didn't have any backups because especially with 205, there was just nobody. It's, it it, took, me, it took me forever. It's to light, find dude. Sirkunov. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, light. Um, And he had some names on his record that I recognized. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, we'll throw him in there. He looks like Captain America. I know he's from Canada, <laughs> but that dude is a monster looking. So that's why I have
0: And Serkinov, real quick, John, before you go, Serkinov's a tough one too because his last fight was at 85 Uh, He Mm -hmm. did lose, so I don't know if he's going to go back up to 205, but he did commit himself to 185. It's just like it was kind of a tough one, but most of his career has been fought at light heavyweight. So,
2: yeah, I have Misha as well. You know, having wins over Krylov, Patrick Cummins, Jimmy Crute, Kutalabe, like those are guys that you can't, you know, a lot of people can't say they beat them. My only backup was Krzysztof Krasinski. Yeah, shout
0: out to yeah, dude. Shout out to the Polish experiment, Krzysztof Krasinski. He, he was had a, a guy. Good wins. Well, he was, and he was a guy that I think once again didn't quite fit my criteria. Born in Poland, did move to Canada at a young age, and um, trained out of there for a while, but never fought under the Canadian flag. He fought under the Polish flag. He was born there. Mm-hmm. To me, if you asked him, he's a Polish fighter. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't go, but he does deserve some consideration. I used yeah. to love Krzysztof Szczesinski.
2: He was my stretch. He was like – Yeah, he's definitely a stretch. 26 and six or twenty six and 12, he beat Brian Stan, Stephen Bonner, Tom Howard. But it was a, well, let me have somebody else just in case things get weird. And But Misha was by far the best light like, heavyweight that was there. All right, middleweight,
0: I went with Le Predator, Patrick Coté. Uh, Really has an impressive list of victories to his name. Uh, Fought Anderson Silva for the title. Uh, He did lose, obviously. Uh, He had 21 fights in the UFC, which is second for all Canadian fighters. Only one fight behind GSP. He's also third all-time in wins for Canadians in the UFC. Um, And my honorable mention I threw in there uh, was Dennis Kang, Uh, He was another guy I wanted to mention. Mm -hmm. I was never going to pick him, um, but he obviously didn't have much of a UFC career, but accomplished a lot in pride and actually almost won their middleweight Grand Prix, but lost in the finals. So I do want to mention Dennis Kane as well.
1: I had Patrick Cote as well. Um, again, one of those, I, I, I've seen him fight, um, but I, I wasn't as big of a fan at the time when he was really you know going through and doing what he did. Um, I, I know he's got some big names on his record, fought Silva for the title, um, beat Saunders, beat Joe Riggs. So, yeah, so I'll stick with Cote.
2: I had Cote as well. Uh, it's tough because he does have 20 fights, but he's like 10 and 11 in those fights. So that's not great. He did fight for a title. One guy I did have is that uh, Elias Theodoro. I think that's Elias what his Theodoro. Name. Yeah. yeah. He has, he, I feel like he has some good ones as well, beating Eric Anders, Sam Allen. Yeah, but he ain't fought Anderson Silva for no title, Sean. No. But he has 10 plus UFC fights. He's 18 and three. How many times he like, fought for, Sean? No, for sure. But I'm just saying, if you're talking <laughs> about having, being competitive in this tournament, he might be a little bit more well rounded to give some like, give a good fight against because obviously he's lost to somebody who's probably going to be in this tournament as well and we've had that be a factor before hey if he puts some wins together gets to a title shot
0: i'll throw him in there one day but it ain't going to be today patrick cote lock it in
2: patrick cote as well all right that's all that matters then
0: are you committing to theodoro yeah oh oh, oh, god (laughs) moving on
2: Patrick Pate didn't fight a lot of people to get to that title.
0: Welterweight division, boys. And my pick is Roy McDonald. What? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> GSP, <laughs> of course. Uh, obviously, <laughs> God, Brandon, your face. That was amazing. <laughs> oh, gosh. See, this is why we got to get this mixer back so we can go back to video, man. Dang it. Very um, yeah,
1: Very convincing.
0: Obviously, there's no need to explain to anybody. I'm sure we all pick GSP, obviously. Uh, No need to explain why everyone knows GSP and why he's not just – the greatest Canadian MMA fighter of all time, but probably the one of the, if not the greatest MMA fighters of all time. I think Roy does deserve some mention, Roy McDonald, Um, but also uh, Carlos Newton, man. He was the first ever Canadian UFC champion. I loved Carlos Newton back in the day, beat Pat Miletic for the title, had a very impressive pride career as well. Uh, Beat Henzo Gracie and actually um, the the um, uh, promoter for pride actually considered Carlos Newton, their champion uh, in pride. He's just a legend. Um, uh, But really man welterweights in Canada just run deep. Like it's the deepest by far in terms of their talent pool. You got John Alessio, Sean Pearson, Jordan mean, I mean, there's, there's just some names, man, of guys that have just really performed well at high levels.
1: But GSP, you, obviously. Any, anybody who doesn't know Carlos Newton, go look up the Carlos <laughs> Newton bulldog choke of Pat Miletic, and you'll yeah. see the most incredibly awesome bicep of anybody ever because that's I'll just never forget that, like that choke.
0: Don't it's, look up Matt Hughes versus Carlos Newton, though.
1: Yeah, don't do that yeah. one. Forget <laughs> that. We're forgetting about that one. Yeah, he's a legend,
0: dude. I mean, like I said, you know, you don't you don't beat Matt Miletic M- and Henzo Gracie at the time that he beat those guys and not yeah. be one of the top in the world, best in the world.
2: Yeah, I, I put GSP and then just put dot 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 as my notes. Yeah, read, yeah. What are you saying? Uh, this division I, was,
0: it's like the whole middleweight, welterweight division is his division.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, Rory does have 10 plus UFC fights. He was a title challenger. And the list of people he's beat Woodley, Paul Daly, Diaz, Penn, Lima, Maya, Ellenberg, Neiman Gracie is really impressive. Um, but in, in a world where GSP doesn't exist, he probably yeah. is the best. Who'd you but. say on that? Uh, What do you say Who just beat Like who did you just say If there's no
0: GSP Sorry there's,
2: If there's no GSP Then Rory's probably oh, The best Yeah, Canadian probably fighter I'd be cool Probably ever on, But even in welterweight
0: Yeah it depends You know Like I said it, It'd be a tough With Carlos Newton For me Just in terms of like Like titles and, and winning And you know Things like that But if there isn't a GSP He might find his way To the title So it is yeah, hard saying
2: That's true uh,
0: boys last division, lightweight. This is another really tough pick. Um, Another really deep division for Canadians. Um, uh, But I, I ultimately went with TJ Grant. Um, TJ Grant's career ended very early and very unexpectedly. He actually ended his MMA career on a five fight win streak In his last MMA fight, he knocked out gray Maynard. Um, He was supposed to face Benson Henderson for his next fight for, for the title. Um, but that's when his brain stuff started with uh, concussion symptoms and, and different things like that. Um, and ultimately, it did end his fighting career. Um, but he looked so good in that five-fight run that, you know, shoulda, coulda, would wouldas. But I do really think he could have beat Benson, who actually lost. Uh, Pettis stepped in and faced Benson mm. and actually beat Henderson. You know, so B- Benson did lose that fight. Um, and I, I, But I really think TJ Grant looks, was so dominant at that point. And uh, but I did. um, But I I mean, I do think also like looking at the numbers like uh, Mark Bocek and Sam Stout could obviously definitely uh, be heavily considered um, for this based off of numbers and just things they have they did accomplish. But ultimately, uh, T.J. Grant is kind of an exception for me. Just hard to ignore the fact that his career was cut short. And then you try to think of, you know, if he would what he could have done, but he'd probably still be fighting today as well. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of think John McDessie deserves a little shine here as well. Um, he's he's super underrated, man. Um, and he deserves uh a little mention. Um, he already has the most lightweight wins for a Canadian fighter and the UFC. He'll probably end up passing all of them and everything before his career is done and active. Just hasn't really quite, you know, obviously we're talking title shots with some of these other guys and who have seen the top of the sport. So, you know, he's a guy maybe for the future, but that's TJ Grant's my lightweight pick.
1: I had TJ Grant as well. Um, For me, again, this was kind of one of those I'm not super familiar with Grant. I think I saw his his last fight. um, I didn't watch it live, but I remember seeing it during one of the reruns that um, the UFC puts on. And um, he's got a good record. Like you said, it was cut early. But, I mean, going back and seeing the list of guys he fought and that last win streak he had, I mean, it's hard to imagine that he wouldn't have done pretty awesome things if he was able to stick around. So, um, TJ Grant for me.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I had TJ Grant off the potential of where he was heading. I do think that John McDessie does deserve a lot, having good wins. He went on a nine-fight streak. Seven of those were stoppages over, like, Ross Pearson, Darren Kershank, Sam Stout, who you already had mentioned, and then Abel Chihulo. So that's – I mean, he's a really good second. But TJ Grant, you know, he was – it it sucks when you see those, you know, you don't see it as much in UFC since it's being younger, but you've seen like football players and basketball players just get cut short right before they reach that level. And I think that's something that definitely happened to him with his injury.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's it boys. That's our all team Canada. Let's run through it. Lightweight TJ grant, middleweight, Roy McDonald, our welterweight Roy McDonald middle. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I just want to see Brandon's face again. Lightweight TJ grant. Welterweight GSP, middleweight Patrick Cote, light heavyweight Misha Serkunov, and heavyweight because of the boys. Don't blame me if you don't agree, Brock Lesnar. Let's go. Sorry, solid solid line. Sorry, sorry, Arjan. Oh man,
1: you know, Lesnar Aspinall is a more fun fight to think about.
0: Hey,
2: he's never fought for a title. Oh,
0: dude, no, dude, go watch some Arjan, man. I'm telling you, he's like throwing dudes on their heads uh just a little bowling ball of a man i'm really i'm really hyped for him i like i said I, ufc's gonna have to pay him if they ever want him back but i know like um i think scott coker has kind of already been talking about maybe doing some cross promotion with uh mm-hmm. him for bellator so i feel like if he comes over to bellator and starts you know doing some stuff he could really make a splash here in the u.s uh good good i'm gonna
2: say i did find a funny tidbit about that mark is it boch
0: bochek yeah
2: yeah did you know that he was the BJJ instructor for White Yeah, he trained, White, yeah, the,
0: so. the fertitas. yeah. <laughs> I
2: just yeah. thought that was
0: He um he actually faced was it Gordon at no, he fa- oh no, Andre Galvao at ADCC I think and and like I think Andre Galvao beat I don't, I don't I know whoever it was uh beat yeah. him but he he's competed at 80s. He's legit, man. Mark Voach was the man.
2: I just thought that was a funny tidbit. Yeah.
0: Uh all right boys, let's get into the news. John, hit us with a news jingle.
2: The news.
0: I like it. Uh, Well, boys, we're going to kick it off. Last week, we talked about Kevin Lee being cut from the UFC. And this week, we already know where his fighting future will take place as it was announced. Lee has signed with Khabib's Eagle FC. Um, And it seems like he's going to be competing at 165 pounds. As Khabib did announce, the promotion will add the division, which means instead of the 170-pound traditional welterweight division like the UFC has, uh, it'll be 175. It sounds like they're going to do 155, 65, 75, 80. It's going to go up. I'm assuming every 12 pounds from there. Um, I am interested to see if they do like a 195, you know, between that 205 and, and maybe a 225. I mean, I'm really interested to see kind of, what the structure um is going to be like uh, for these weight divisions but just your guys' thoughts on Kevin Lee Eagle FC I like it
1: good for Kevin Lee um I liked it he stuck with the Eagle um cuz obviously I think Eagle FC is going to need some big names to start you know kind of mm-hmm. get going but I also like the fact that he's the one kind of pioneering the 165 cuz he's one of the big guys that talked about it like he tried to get Dosonius to commit to 165 for one of their fights like he really pushed that yeah. so it's know, his division, this like literally yeah, the Kevin Lee division. Exactly. So I mean, this is this is his chance to make it work and really prove that, it, that there's something there. So yeah, I think it's a good, it's a good thing all around, man. I'm, I'm happy for him.
0: You know what yeah. I'm calling for? I'll throw Let's our boy Sean Fallon in the mix too, baby. Yeah. One sixty five king. Let's Ooh. go. I want, I want Sean Fallon versus Kevin Lee.
2: Well, and you know this is a huge thing for you know that's their biggest signing. He was probably the biggest free agent available right now who wasn't. Yeah, currently- yeah. It's a good point. And, you know, it gives all these guys who are looking to get a step up, like a Sean Fallon and some of the guys we've talked to, a chance to get in front of eyes and, and fight these, you know, former guys or, you know, high-level guys. Like, like you said, you could find a fight with a former UFC Kevin Lee. Um, I did. I don't know if you guys seen, but Dana had some, like, oh, he's going to have to learn the hard way stuff about Habib being elite, uh, uh, like a company, like starting his own promotion.
0: Which I don't understand because, like, I feel like um... – Eagle FC could kind of become like the old LFA or whatever, you know, like kind of be like a feeder to the UFC. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like they should kind of like he should get under that more and like really try to like, you know, not like being like a farm system, but like what a great like place for like you know UFC guys that maybe need to step out of the UFC, get their name back up, or even guys to kind of come through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know. And uh, I'm only think... saying that real quick because Dana and Khabib seem to have a really good relationship.
2: Yeah, well, I, I think I, I think they do too. But I think this is uh something that Dana can't control as far as using Habib's name and and keeping it all focused on the UFC. So maybe that makes him a little bit nervous. So he wants to kind of jinx it or something. I don't know.
1: I don't. Know. I I didn't see what Dana said. He, he, so you said he was said something about it's just going to be hard for Habib. Like he's yeah, have it's to just learn. something like
2: he's going to have to learn the hard way with some of the stuff that comes with having your own promotion. Guess we'll see. It's probably like when you tell your dad you're going to be a professional
0: gamer and he's like, good luck with that.
2: Yeah. You know, controllers you gonna... take batteries.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, next thing we got, boys John Jones accepts a plea deal in domestic battery case and will serve no jail time. Uh, Jones must stay out of trouble, pay $750 in restitution to the victim, and attend anger management counseling. Uh, boys, in the words of Mayor Augustus Mayhew, can we all just get back to Christmas the way it's supposed to be? <laughs> it's over, it's done. Yeah, it's it's been and he pleaded for the record, he pleaded no contest, basically. Um, which is just like he's basically accepting the charges, but um uh, not, not accepting that he guilt. did it, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah, something like that. So um, I thought it was interesting they said $750 to the victim, which I was assuming
2: it's his fiance,
0: right? He has fiance um the one thing i didn't know is because i know they said he damaged a police car so i don't know if like that was filed in like a victim report style thing so that could have some Mm. i don't know um but nonetheless um john jones apparently escaping another one boys
2: yeah it is what it is at
1: this point you know stay out of trouble like it's like he's supposed to like it's 1999
0: yeah that's (laughs) it Oh, next thing we got, boys. Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier engaged in a war of words this past week, uh, both verbally agreeing to fight each other um, somewhat, I guess, through social media. Uh, Mm -hmm. Dustin saying he'd fight Nate in January. Dana said last night, if these two want to fight and the fans want to see it, he'll book it. Um, So it seems like that might be the move. I like the fight. I think it's great. I think it's a good one for Nate for his last fight on his contract. A big name like Dustin, and I think mm-hmm. it's a great uh, fight for Dustin. Go up to one seventy. You know, meet him at seventy. Try that out. See how it goes for you. Um, I just one thing I would like to say is I hope Dustin takes a little bit more time than January off a month. Um, I'd really like. I would like to see Dustin take some months, dude. You know, I know they don't want to probably shelf Diaz that long because he is on that last fight, but. I'd like to see Dustin take a little bit more time, but thoughts on that fight? Because I think it's fun.
2: Oh yeah, I mean I think it's the best fight for both of them, and I think that both of them are not as much Dustin, but I think you could have thrown like Connor and DS together if Connor got ready. But I think Dustin, you know, it's a perfect fight for him in, in the terms of you're fighting a name. You know, if you do want to have some a little bit of pull at 170, although. Diaz obviously isn't a real 170er. He is a name that has fought at 70, so it gives you a little bit of pull as you try to possibly look into moving up there.
1: Yeah, I think even though Diaz isn't quite a true 170er, I think it's it's a good thing for Dustin to focus on is getting his body ready for 170 cuz I'd hate to see him do the kind of what Max did and I, Max really kind of rushed. I feel that the 55 move when he fought uh, Dustin and he just didn't Mm -hmm. quite look like he filled it out. And you see it with John Jones, which Jones obviously has a bigger gap to fill, but I think um, Dustin, if he gave himself some time, he could really fit into that 170 pound division. Nice and really make it a little better for him.
0: And that's kind of what I feel like with this is, you know, this kind of buys him a little time to get more acclimated to it. Um, You know, Nate's not a guy you have to fully commit right away. To that division, you know, for a guy like Dustin, you probably just really don't cut weight. You know what I mean? You don't cut as much mm-hmm. weight. Um, You know, he's always in shape. Uh, so you don't have to worry about that. But as far as, you know, really mat- getting mass or whatever he thinks he needs to do, I, I think it's just that good kind of transition fight. But just for himself, man, you know, Dustin's been in some wars. Um, I would just really like to see him take some time. I just I hate that he's just like, I mean, I love it because I love seeing him fight. Um, but I just hate that. He's just always in there, man. Like just yeah. give yourself a little bit of time, man. We love you. We'll be here when you're ready. <laughs> like
1: uh, yeah.
0: we're, we're good. Um, last bit of news I got boys, Claudia Gugliela has notified the UFC that she is retiring. Uh, she cited concussion symptoms as her reasoning mm-hmm. for leaving the sport. Uh, she's just definitely a pioneer. I feel like it was worth mentioning cause she's a pioneer in, in the women's strawweight division, especially, uh, she competed in and, um, uh, won the first ever women's strawweight fight in UFC history. And then obviously she fought Joanna for the title. Um, so happy trails, Gla- Claudia Gedalia um, and and glad to see, you know, like we were just talking about with some of these other people, you know, recognizing that, Hey, you know, these concussion brain stuff, just not worth it.
2: Right. Cause you don't want to, I mean, that's Dana's worst nightmare, right? Somebody dying in the ring and, you know, you can't play around with brain stuff. I mean, you're seeing it with the NFL, boxing as well you've you know you've seen fighters die in there so you definitely don't want to play around with that right
1: yeah good for her I mean I'm glad that she's able to step away you know in spite of all that and just really stay as healthy as she can because I feel like some guys don't some guys know what's going on and they still try to push through it and you know it may not be their choice maybe they're they need the money or whatever but you know good for her to be able to kind of step away on her own terms for the most part and and do what she wants to do so
0: well, boys, that is all we have. Did I miss any news? Anything else?
1: I didn't um, know if you were gonna bring up the Chael thing or not because of the
0: Jones No, thing. so okay. okay, yeah. So uh we, we'll mention it. I, I just it, so, it's so
1: so fresh, it's so fresh not a lot of, exactly.
0: Yeah. At the time of us recording, there's not a lot of information. Apparently, last night in Vegas, Chael uh, was arrested. Um, I haven't even really I've heard conflicting stories, I've heard from Uh, There was in a hotel. I've heard he, there was a a couple, a wife, husband, wife, boyfriend, a male, a female. Sounds like he fought both of them. I've heard maybe just the guy. I've heard maybe he just hit the girl. I don't know. Um, So I just, yeah, I wasn't fully going to, I just didn't want to comment because we just don't know. We can throw that out there that he was arrested, I guess, last night. Um, And if you guys want to go do your own research, go do it.
2: Yeah. I only have a couple, a couple of quick things. A little bit of aftermath from two sixty nine. I don't know if you guys seen. Misha Tate said she's consider- considering dropping the flyweight division following Pena's win. Because hmm. they are um, best friends, I could see right. That. Uh, the other thing, which is something I brought up in the pre-fight stuff, um, Sean O'Malley had hurt his hand in that fight and potentially could be out till June. And I know I'd mentioned that he had those issues after his last fight, and it, you know how that could affect him in this the fight he had man that so, guy has a
0: hard time just staying healthy dude yeah well it's remember, always something
2: too dc had that issue with his hand for a long time yeah um, but with o'malley his hand his ribs in the last his fight, ankles his, his ankles yeah. his
0: knee yeah
2: yeah last thing i have just because you know we don't need to be announcing this now or later for the last episode but february 25th um, the middleweight championship for Bellator is going to be up as Gayguard Mousasi will fight Austin Vanderford. Who? Oh, Mister Van Zant. Yeah, Page. He's eleven and zero. Has some good wins, and you know now he can maybe be stop being Page Van zandt's boyfriend or husband.
0: Or <laughs> <laughs> uh I do want to throw one more thing in. Go really? look up
2: Nate Diaz
0: uh flinching on this guy at the Jake Paul. Oh, have you gosh. guys? Have you, Brandon?
1: Did you see this video? No, I didn't see that. So Nate, Nate was it? Diaz, wait, wait, was it the AJ McKee thing? Or is that different?
0: I don't know. know. No, I I don't know. So like Diaz is like walking out of the arena and he's like walking down like the aisle to like walk to the back of the arena. And like, he walks by some dude. I need to, I need context on this, but the guy's like holding a drink and like Diaz like looks at him. And like the dude says, you can tell (laughs) like the, the video is far away, but you can tell he does that and Diaz just goes like that and flinches on him. And the dude like throws his drink.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. It was it was great.
0: <laughs> dude, bow down. I just oh, I love everything <laughs> about Nate Diaz, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like so amazing. Uh boys, that's it. Let's get out of here. Um, Brandon, it is your week for song of the week. However, I am taking that from you this week. Wait, wait, why? Hang Hold on. Why? Hang Hold on. Tell me why. I'm gonna tell you why. You are gonna pick next week. We are not getting skipped. But in honor of Christmas,
1: I had a Christmas song.
0: Perfect. So, but in honor of Christmas, I want all of us to go around. I want your favorite Christmas song and then maybe give like three, four, five tops Christmas movies. I don't want to spend a ton of time. Oh, geez. But you're, we can make yours technically song of the week if you want. But I just wanted us all. It wasn't about that. You're. I still want you to pick next week. So, because I don't want you to get scared. So, okay. Give us your Christmas song and then like four, three, four, five, whatever Christmas okay. movies. I'm a big, over five, though.
1: Okay. I'm a, I'm a big Nat King Cole fan. So it was going to be oh, this, nice. the Christmas just song by Nat King nuts. Cole. Oh, you got to yeah. sing it.
0: You got to sing it too.
1: I can't. I don't even know the words that well. And I don't <laughs> like Christmas songs. So no. on an open um, and you said four or five Christmas movies? Yeah. Just All right. Me. Rapid whatever. fire. So uh, Die Hard Christmas Is it a Christmas Story.
0: movie?
1: Yeah. So I've Die Hard. Oh my gosh. Chris, okay. Die Hard Christmas Story. On um, Jim Carrey's Grinch and Four Christmases.
2: John, go. Uh, favorite Christmas song: Donny Hathaway. This Christmas, I mean, it's the best version in my opinion. Uh, I think he's the originator. I don't know. I don't know if everything else is. I don't know. He's Christmas. Yeah, you can't beat that. Uh, movies: Friday After Next, Boom. <laughs> uh, okay. Toy Soldier for sure. Okay. Uh, Home Alone. And then uh, Santa Claus, Tim Allen, baby.
0: Okay, favorite Christmas song is Feliz Navidad.
2: Mm, It's a good one.
0: Oh, dude, that gets me like, uh, uh, gets me the salsa going. I love Feliz Navidad. Probably my all-time favorite. I could could listen to that in July. Um, So Feliz Navidad, favorite Christmas movies. um, I'm going to say, I'll say The Grinch. I just watched that literally before Mm. we recorded this. So definitely Jim Carrey's The Grinch um i'm gonna say santa claus i'm gonna say jingle all the way with arnold schwarzenegger mm. um i'm gonna say uh probably so this is like my number one right now i, I kind of alternate but for the past couple years national lampoons um christmas vacation and then i'll throw home alone in there too there you Another, go no, the first one
2: yeah no, not first. number three were there number, two's two's number two, two is pretty good number two
0: number two is good three no this new Netflix one or Disney channel one refused to watch watch it. it. Not Not even, not even going to watch it. Uh, So that's it. That's, I just wanted to do that just for ours last little bit. uh, Brandon one for the people.
1: My one for the people go watch Spider-Man no way home. That movie was Mm -hmm. sick. No, no spoilers, but honestly, I I talked to Jacob a little bit about it after I, after I watched it. Um, I'm going to rank it in my top five Marvel movies. And that's a, that's a, that's a hard list to get onto and it's on there. So go watch no way home.
2: John one for the people. Um, I, I just need my friends to get better at making gingerbread houses. Cause I'm really good. And <laughs> just wanted to say that.
0: My one for the people is uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, thank you guys. I know we will probably do more of a yearly wrap up. Um, but this has been a fun year Merry Christmas to you guys uh, enjoy your families. I didn't get the luxury of enjoying my family last year, uh, mm. given um, the, the whole, I had COVID thing. So I'm really excited for the holidays. So I hope you guys um, are excited as well. Um, come back next week. We're going to do our year end award show. Like I said, find us on Instagram just to make, if he doesn't come up Monday, it'll be up there. Hopefully Monday though, that's the goal. So, we will see you guys then john give us a couple seconds sing us out here man
2: and this christmas will be a very special christmas and dear God. the creed version I like. yeah it. i had a transition <laughs> it went from like oh i'm not really singing karaoke but i kind of am to boom right to creed right so. into
0: creed i love it uh okay guys we'll see you guys merry christmas we'll peace. see you next week
2: peace